1: A Decade Under the Influence. No rules, no limits. No wonder these filmmakers changed our world. Hi. And welcome
0: <laughs> to another episode of A Decade Under the Influence.
1: Kiss my butt! Yeah! This is the most fucking around we've done in the latest I think we've ever started. Probably think... not, but one of them. Oh, it's not. close. We We were running around and I had too much coffee and I'm going to have some more. And we're starting really late, so uh, I hope we do okay for you. We're going to try our very best. Uh, I want to say I'm officially apologizing for the comments I made our last podcast about Kate Bush, who still sucks, by the way, but (laughs) I think I I leaned into it maybe too heavy, so I apologize for those comments. And we're going to start fresh this week. We have a a six-movie review for you. Yes, we do. Uh, Me and these two people over here... uh, I had to switch the order because I got one of the the dates wrong, so we're going to start with uh, No Deposit, No Return, and Another Man, Another Chance, then Damnation Alley, then Fire Sale, then Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and then St. Jack, and these are the six 70s movies that we have most recently watched, and what, four of them are from, three of them are from 1977, four? Oh, no, yeah, three, because tiger Color Tomatoes was 78, I think, right? Oh. But all these movies, all six, are late 70s, which is weird. It's an interesting uh, melody of six movies,
0: for sure. Slowly,
1: we're going to catch them all. I think we're starting with me. uh, And I am ready. Are you ready for me? Uh, I'm ready. You want to say anything about your week? How y'all doing? Well, maybe we should just mention why we're running a little late today. Uh, I don't think we need to. You can know. if Does you want. Does
2: anyone care? It, they're not even going to know it's late. It's not like we go live or anything. Well,
1: they might know and they might wonder why. <laughs> and if we say so out the gate, that's full disclosure. And I'm all for that.
2: Yeah, well, I just want to, you know,
0: in the spirit of, like, reminding people to be careful If you have symptoms, get tested. Yeah, we all went and got COVID tests today, which is a fucking racket. You got to run all over the city. But we did it. We got tested. We're all clear. We got a good view of the city. We did get a a (laughs) massive circle around the city. It was fun.
2: Yeah.
0: and it was a very cold day, and people were out there getting tested post-holidays. We're doing this... Uh...
1: Shout out to one of our listeners, Jason Lewis, a guy I was in a punk band with who gave his family COVID. <laughs> but they were all oh, uh, vaxxed and boosted up, so they basically feel fine. Hopefully they won't die. He I won't hope die. you feel feel he better. Won't. Well, last I heard on Christmas, we wished each other Merry Christmas, that they were doing fine, and he felt bad for giving his family COVID. Mm. But uh, sorry, Jason, that sucks, man. I guess they have light headaches or something. My nephew Julian canceled Christmas at my family because he got the COVID. So yes, be careful with this Omicron. Mm. Yeah,
0: it is no joke. Uh, I'm sorry, did I cut you off?
2: I don't remember what I was going to
0: say. Are you ready? Ex- I, I I cut you off so bad I removed it from your brain. I'm, yep.
1: <laughs> I think we're ready.
0: Let's I'm used fire to in. It. Aww. <laughs>
1: Aww that's that's that side of the room over here i'm just on point another man another chance 1977 before i get into my synopsis i just want to say having watched and appreciated this movie that i feel that that is a stupid title yeah uh you know that (laughs) it's a very i'm gonna remain impartial i don't want to give any you know clues because we'll get to that after i give the synopsis we'll talk about what we thought about our movies um Oh, oh! from memory. I'm going to do this from memory. Apparently, I did this late last night after work. <laughs> uh, from memory, let's see. Wait, shouldn't this be the second one? Wait, fuck off. Yeah, because it should Everyone, be no Everyone, I'm starting no out with no deposit, no return. We're going to edit this, and it's going to be all tight and yeah. wonderful. How's On Point doing over there? 1976. <laughs> no deposit, no return. Okay, so this is a perhaps dangerously unrealistic Disney live-action story for children about two kids. One is the alien girl from the Witch Mountain films, and the other becomes one of the Wolverines in the world's first PG-13 movie, Red Dawn. Wolverines! Uh, Which uh, came out in 1984 when this listener was 13. So I was able to see the first PG-13 movie, and did, uh, because I was 13 that year, so it worked out for me. Uh, And they don't want to spend their school holiday, I'm assuming they mean Christmas, but it was their... It was Easter. Easter, okay. It was like, their school holiday, Uh, they don't (laughs) want to spend it with their rich grandpa, played by David Niven. You may know him from such films as every fucking Disney (laughs) live-action film. These two would rather spend their holiday with their rad mom, played by Barbara Feldon, who we just saw in Smile and who is barely in this and was the reason that uh, I put this on our list because uh, I think she's awesome. She was also um, Agent 99 and the Get Smart uh, show and movies and stuff. I might have that number wrong. Someone, oh my god, it's Agent 66. They have our phone a smile. She's barely in this. Enter these two bumbling crooks with hearts of gold. <laughs> one or both of them is a safe cracker. I don't fucking remember. Just one. But my co-hosts will, will, <laughs> non-interrupting, they will help fill in any holes. Just a moment. One crook is played by Don... No- oh, they will help in just a moment, even though they already butted in. You ruined my flow. Sorry. My sweet hot fire flow. It's me. Mm-hmm. One crook is played by Don <laughs> Knotts. Cue funny bug eyes. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, you're, I, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> Remember when he was a cartoon fish? That's like the great Mr. Limpet or something. The other bumbler is played by the guy who told his wife that she used all of the glue <laughs> on, on purpose! <laughs> Fragile. Uh, the kids use them to pretend to be kidnapped so they can buy a plane ticket to mom and wackiness ensues. Why not just go ask David Niven, Rich g for the cash? IMDB says that the kids convinced the crooks to kidnap them for a handsome ransom, handsome ransom that they all could share. It's all a bit of a blur, mainly because... It's not very good. Mm. Vic Tabak from Alice and the Gangster episode of Star Trek, parentheses, a piece of the action is in this, and that's mildly fun. Our director here is Norman Tokar, who directed about a dozen Disney live-action films, including The Apple Dumpling Gang, which got a sequel, and which is overrated, and Candle Shoe, which I like and is on our list. Heck, we'll probably tackle a few of these. Snowball Express the cat from outer space, yeah. maybe even the boatniks. <laughs> oh, my disgust after you fill in all the holes. Yeah. So I, I know I missed some plot shit in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you basically got I mean, the rough out.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> she doesn't really convince them to kidnap her as much as they share a cab and then convince That's the kind her of like to manipulate. Well, they don't want to bring the kids into their apartment and uh, and then she's like, I guess we'll just sit out here in the cold and die, and like makes him bring her garbage. in. And then they, they like pay uh, or, or, or they, they take care of them, they feed them, put them to bed, or whatever. And in the morning, she wakes up and, and writes a ransom note to her grandpa so she can get money for, for the flight to China to see her mom. Yeah. And enough money so that they're also well paid off. What the hell is David Niven doing this whole time? He enjoying find the fact that the kids are f- have fucked off. Because he's been really nervous about how they're going to break everything. What did I cause say? All cause all these problems. I wanted
1: to come back to it about saying it was un- uh, dangerously unrealistic. Cause it's yeah, because like, it's just like getting a car with strange, Yeah, yeah Don Knotts like, and glue guy.
2: Signs the his driver or his butler or whatever to like, sit in a car outside.
1: Yeah, that's the only security. That
2: nothing bad is happening. I mean, Don Knotts and Glue
1: Guy are nice people that would never hurt children, and they don't. But it's just like Luckily. if one if one kid <laughs> yeah. got in a cab with a guy who said he was a friend of your mother's, then Disney is on the hook a little a bit, a little bit, probably <laughs> more than a little yeah. bit, even. <laughs> I just and like I grew up Catholic. I was raised Catholic, and I remember during some fun fair or some event. They would take us all down to the basement, which sounds ominous, and like set up a screen and show us these live-action oh, yeah. Disney films. And it was fun. And they turned all the lights off, and you know whatever. It was fun to be watching a movie. Maybe I saw they'd... all these at Vacation Bible School.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and those fucking donut movies that what's this,
0: wenchel something made. up? Oh. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, this is not a good movie, um, but. Is it feels like it's Don Knotts encapsulated. I mean, everything in his role, he's just oh, 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 just eyes bugging out, tripping over himself. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, for all the zany stuff and the you know the zany stunts and action things, like it's so boring. <laughs> it's so boring.
1: <laughs> yeah, you thought it was, it was more boring. Really I thought it was slightly, it through that. <laughs> slightly less boring. Um, okay. What does one do? Does just be funny? One's a safe cracker, and that's Glue Guy, right? One's a safe cracker. And what is Don Knotts? I think Don Knotts, Don Knotts, is Knotts his keeps him his line.
0: Well, he's a driver, but he's also the safe guy's sister's
1: ex-husband. Oh, but I remember there's something about their relationship where one keeps the other one kind of in line. Like
0: It's, it's kind of. He, like, kind, tries to make food for him and take care of him. I mean, it's sort of <laughs> this weird relationship. I mean... I think if you made it today, they would be probably a queer couple that's just like... Absolutely.
2: Yeah, like he's the reason that the the, the him and the sister I forgot, yeah, we did did mention
1: that, that they would make a great couple. They love each other. They really do. And they'll do anything for each other. Yeah, and so that was kind of fun, and it was fun watching with friends. As much as Victory probably didn't like it, I liked it less and would watch it again. I don't know if I'd recommend it. But if you're going through all the Disney live-action films, this is better than some, I bet. The little girl's a good actor. <laughs> yeah, she is good. And she's in the Witch Mountain movies, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see like, her again. I also, like,
0: really worry about her from, you know, all those, like, things that have come out recently about kids who were in contracts with large studios. I'm mm. like... Yeah. You're just too good of an actor, and, like, like, why are you this practice? Why are you this fucking perfect? Doing you're, you're hitting all your marks. You have all your lines perfect. You have this sassy attitude. I'm just,
1: ah, I hope you're okay. I hope you're okay. I would feel bad giving this a thumbs down, but not too bad, so I think it's probably a thumbs down. Uh, I watched the Don Knotts movie Private Eyes, and it was, like, a severe thumbs down, but the commentary was fucking amazing. <laughs> It was great. It was Tim Conway talking about how Don Knotts is like old and ornery and then was saying things that he said on his answering machine. I had a ball <laughs> listening to the commentary. And so... i That's kind of cool. I don't know. This was like maybe fun. This gets a half thumbs up, yeah,
0: which is I don't, rare for me. I don't even want to give this a numerical score. I just want to give this a thumbs down. Yeah, and I think...
2: Yep, thumbs down. It's a thumbs down. <laughs> we can move on
1: unless you have anything else you want to say. Nope. Nothing Let's get about it going. no deposit. <laughs> I'm gonna say it slower. No return. Oh, what the fuck does the title mean?
0: I, it's I, just about a bank or just, something. Yeah, he's just he's just stealing stuff. So they they're like,
1: you're not putting anything in. If someone they asked for a title out. and there was a guy in the office that was just like, no deposit, no return. Move on. (laughs) I think maybe. Probably. What else are we going to
0: call it? Like kids kidnap themselves. Yeah. Shenanigans. This
1: might be inappropriate to put in a film (laughs) that we show to children in the 70s. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was about about to open a big can of worm about Reagan in the 80s, but we won't do that right now. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to 1977's Another Man, Another Chance. From memory, let's see, James Caan is selling cars or directing a car commercial, or am I thinking of Peter Fonda in The Trip? Anyway, it's suddenly not a car commercial anymore, and we are in the Old West, where Rootin' Tootin once shot a man just for snoring. <laughs> That's from an old commercial they used to show us uh, to death, along with that Civil War pewter chess set. Khan <laughs> uh, lives remotely and is an Old West vet, not veteran, veterinarian. Interesting, but also, uh-oh, the kind of gross. Um, His wife wants to move to one of these newfangled towns, and they haven't really resolved this issue, but Khan is gone, and she gets assaulted and murdered. And they don't show it, but it's horrible. And the old West was horrid. He dot 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 moves away from the pain with his kid. I may be getting some of this wrong, you'll correct me, uh, with his kid to a new life with a side order of needing justice. Um, he was pissed at the sheriff for sucking. Susan Terrell is the best shit in here for me. As the town's teacher who teaches the children how to shoot. Okay, let me look this one up now. Okay, I forgot all about the other story (laughs) line that beautifully collides with the other. You might not think it's beautiful, but I kept it anyway. Uh, About a photographer and the first Captain Janeway, Genevieve Bejold, or maybe just Bejot. He teaches... Her, the trade, and dies, or other. And if memory serves, Janeway and Khan begin to get close.
2: murder. <laughs>
1: Finally, save it. Save it. <laughs> Finally, Khan sees a clue that spells vengeance. Will he get all veterinarian on their asses? Discuss. The guy from a couple scenes of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is in this. Written and directed by Claude Lelouch. Uh, October 30th, 1937, he's born, he's still alive, he is a rad French director who did the Losers segment of the film Visions of Eight, 1973, which we reviewed, and you can watch or listen to that review. I gave it an eight, I think you guys maybe gave it less, but uh, anyway, discuss! Uh,
2: I think the Susan Tyrell is the only reason to watch this movie. I <laughs> do
0: disagree but yeah, i hear you, that you and really I, liked this movie yeah i
1: did i came away from from it
0: liking it the beginning of this makes no sense to me this whole like starting off with him con being a fucking photographer and put that into the section for why i like it yeah I'm like what like, like why is this here and i guess it's because because he's supposed to be like a distant relative or something but they never explain it they never nope. come back and to that's it. a
1: plus for me because it's yeah. 70s gold what should we explain it no. no. <laughs> but then they're like, wait a minute. What if we were in
0: revolutionary France and having a discussion about people possibly getting married and uh oh yeah now they're not getting married. I should have mentioned Prussia because they
1: sure did. Oh yeah. There's some realism in this. I don't know. Like
2: what what prompted the conversation, but they did when they were like at this like weird modern photo shoot they the subject of these people, like, this guy's ancestors, did come up. Did it? Yeah. Oh. And it was, like, the uh, foreshadowing so I, yeah. of, like, these are the people that I come from. And then mm. they, like, launch right into their stories. And it's, like, why did we need that? Yeah, like, why don't we just, unnecessary. just dive right into the past? Like, why does it got to be connected to this I modern liked, shoot that we're not ever going to even come back to. I mean,
1: I feel like I could almost list this as sci-fi, because I was like, were we in the future at the beginning? Did we go into the past? <laughs> um, I I know that after watching this, and especially sitting here now, discussing it with the all, uh, I want to watch it again. We've uh, reviewed a couple Westerns, and to me, I think this is the best one. We reviewed McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which is a... Um, what do you call it? The guy who did The Wedding. An Altman film. Mm. And I liked that, because you know, it showed the awful grittiness of the West. And then we did The Hired Hand, right, which I think we all liked. Yeah, we all liked that. And I like this a little bit better. And I'll watch it again, and maybe I'll like it less. But uh, it's fully, this was a pleasant surprise to me. I think we all liked different Westerns better. Because I think, Victor,
0: you like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Mm-hmm. I liked The Hired Hand best. And you liked this movie best. Yes.
1: Um and they're all they. We all, all s- agree. Susan Tyrell was awesome in the. Oh yeah, movie. yeah, she's yeah, easily yeah. the best. She's
2: the only reason to watch the movie. I've
0: yet to see her in a film. Maybe uh, you promise. You the promised September thirtieth. She's great in that. For her. Well, I know, but I, she's not. She, in every movie I see her, and she just kind of steals all the scenes and the movie that she's in for the. Parts she's that she, one of
1: the people that steals it in Rose Garden. Yeah, no,
0: she's very good she's in that. But there's just some really powerful in that James Dean movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Why are you there? She makes a great shitty stepmom, but I mean, use that more, or actual mom. Actual mom. actual mom. Anyway, uh, yeah, she could have been in a ton more
1: of this movie, and. It was neat. It wasn't just that she taught them how to shoot. I think it was that oh, like, she, sets... she taught whatever the fuck she wanted. Yeah, and...
0: absolutely. And, and is she spelling it right? No. But
2: that's not the yeah. point. Well, and she's teaching them like, Yeah. You know, like, talking about people. So, like, in in other places, they would be talking about these, you know, bank robbers and whatever, like, as bad guys. And she's talking about them, like... You know, oh, so and so stole from the rich, and then gave it to the poor. <laughs> like, and yeah, you know, like making, like telling stories about folk heroes instead of
0: like right. going with setting up like, demonizing for them.
2: people. Like, and and like she's teaching children who are like. You know, whose moms work in brothels and, and yes. stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, but she comes from that background. She was a sex worker, mm-hmm. I mean, in the beginning of the film. And she transitions yeah. to this other town so she's, to open up this boarding school so that other people can live their lives and she can teach the kids and
2: make an income. All stuff yeah, that yeah, I feel. Yeah, she's teaching uh, people's history. Yeah, yeah,
1: I feel all this is interesting as, as, as hell. And they threw it all in there. I feel like this movie's kind of dense. And um, it's funny because they're like, what's all with all this French stuff? Well, the director's French. So (laughs) he added, and I, I, like with um, a movie we're going to be doing soon, um, Jeremiah Johnson and also McCabe and Mrs. Miller and A Hired Hand, I feel like they made an effort to show the West the way that it was, and I appreciate it that sense of realism that we did not get in the most extreme and no deposit, no return. Like this movie was taking time and I feel like they studied some history about it. In Jeremiah Johnson, they definitely did. They had a lot of technical advisors and people that had read books and all the characters were based on real mountain people. And so I'm curious to want to learn more about this film.
0: Yeah, and I do really like that there is an immigrant perspective in this of them coming to the country and like yeah. really leaning into like and what it was like. What it, yeah, that experience They're of eating traveling rats out or West, something and, yeah, being having having their stuff attacked, being taken advantage by like you know what we'd call coyotes today, they called wagon master back then cuz he's <laughs> fucking white. Uh you know, that the these people are being trafficked out West and they're just like, throw your life savings this direction and go. And they end up in that one weird little spot because he really likes the light. I mean, uh, the, the story is actually, I mean, once it gets going and past some initial like bumps, it's, it's a pretty good story.
1: It's very sweet. Um, I like this overall. Yeah, I can't decide whether to give it a 7 or an 8. And I was also thinking, uh, we noted when watching it, that some of the veter- veterinary practices that they show are kind of gross. So beware. Yeah,
2: really There was a little bit of, like,
1: waterboarding a horse. And I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I just, I don't know. We've seen much worse. And it stopped when I was about ready to be like, I can't take this. Yeah. Uh, it stopped. And, you know, I would appreciate commentary on this. Uh I forgot what I was gonna say. So, it a seven or an eight? I can't decide. Yeah, I'm throwing a six at it, <laughs>
0: and not because I didn't like it. I thought I I did like this movie, but like, it it, it was fine. When there was just some things that pulled it back a little bit for me. His selfishness that leads to his wife's murder, the the horse scene, um, there there you know some things that are made to make him a little bit. Well, fairly unlikable and i don't know that they actually do the work to
1: ever make him likable Likeable. again i <laughs> yeah. think the bar was really low because he came out pretty good in my opinion comparatively true because there was some parts honestly where i thought he was very touching and he was willing to have a conversation with her he wasn't just like fuck you you do what i say like yeah I, you know and of. other things I mean, uh, the bar is that low um <laughs> Well, I mean, also, I mean, if you watch uh, Godfather, James Conn's a fucking prick in that. And so it's like, <laughs> he's, I like a kinder, gentler James Conn, even though, again, the bar is low. Another reason I would rate this high is because I like the weirdness. I like that it doesn't really say uh, why there's a car in the beginning. <laughs> and it doesn't, it's all over the map as far as story. It's all over the place. So for 70s chaos, it, that moved it up,
0: in my opinion. That's funny.
1: Now, I don't know if Victor going to give this a thumbs up or a thumbs down.
2: Yeah, me either. <laughs>
1: it's your turn, because then we can move on to Damnation yeah, Alley.
2: I think I think it's, it's barely a thumbs up, and it's mostly Susan Tyrell doing a heavy lifting. There but we go. The other stuff was all right. It just was... Kind of boring. <laughs> that was a
1: breath of fresh air, really. The yeah. Susan Tyrell stuff was like... Because there's this scene where he's shooting, and I thought he was endearing with his kid there, too. Kind like, of, but he's I like, loved it. He's like, you asshole. get back. It was funny to me. <laughs> it, was, it was But funny. also, and then, you know, the joke that I think you saw coming is that, like, his son was like a fucking dead-eye shot. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, how'd you learn? He was like, the fucking school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, moving on, I believe... The Damnation Alley, nineteen seventy-seven.
0: Yeah, Damnation Alley. Take us this through is it. Directed by Jack Smite. This has three different writers, which blows my mind. There was a novel by Roger uh, Zelzani, which is a funny. I remember name. nothing about this uh, except Alan Sharp's in it, Lucas Heller, and it stars. Jan Michael Vincent, you might remember him from Big Wednesday. George Papard, of course, from the and A-Team. We're getting there. <laughs> Dominique Sanda from one of the silliest titled movies I've ever heard, Story of a Love Story. You got Paul Winfield <laughs> in here, of course, Star Trek.
1: I've never, never even met
0: Admiral Kirk. <laughs> and then you got the Jackie Earl Haley from R- the Bad News Bears. And Rorschach. And Rorschach, yeah. Uh, so, calling all Jan Michael Vincents, calling all Jan Michael Vincents. (laughs) Sorry, I fucking love that. It kills me. Uh, in a world destroyed by a more interesting movie, there is only one, well, okay, (laughs) two, but they ditch one early on, Battle RV, that can take you to another place less destroyed by that better movie forementioned. On their way, they will face all sorts of post-radiation created perils and find some new friends as well. But will they be able to make it there? And if they do, will there be
1: anyone or anything there to find? Well said. You should have mentioned Jackie Earl Haley some more. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. go ahead. Because, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting role for him. In your synopsis. I mean, I give your synopsis a 9 out of 10. I could oh, have thank used you. some more Jackie Earl Haley references <laughs> inside. Okay, of the, but maybe so, that's my spice. Well,
0: no, you're right, though. Because mm-hmm. literally the best scene in this... Is where he's throwing rocks at the battle larvae, and he hits Jan Michael Vincent in the fucking face with a rock, and then hides. And he's like, "What the fuck? Where are you, kid?" And he picks up another rock and throws it again, and fucking
1: nails him again. And he's like, "Ooh!" I was thinking, <laughs> oh, so funny, about how there's a lot of like you know post-apocalyptic movies out there in the world, and a lot of them are gross because some people are like, in the post-apocalypse, you know, people will be fucking disgusting. And, you know, like in Star Trek uh, Next Generation Season 1, Tasha Yar keeps talking about sexual assault gangs and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's nasty. So I was thinking that, like, even though I don't think I like this movie, I don't think it was the greatest or liked it that much. It's not as gross as uh, like... Hold on, record scratch.
0: There literally is a gang yeah. of people who's tried to sexually assault.
1: Don't remember it, but it's not boy and his dog. They, no.
2: No, they yeah. stop in the... Um, that
1: gas station. The
2: gas station, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. And those three but, and guys... But it doesn't happen, they get away, those, right? right? Yeah, like, they end up killing all of them. Okay, yeah, there you go. You so that probably... I was just thinking about how, like, you know, it would be on my list of a, a movie that was safer. Yeah. There you go to watch than some of these others that we probably won't watch or other movies that are out there that people like.
0: It's just so all
1: over I would watch the place. this again.
0: It's funny because, you know, it starts off with Jan Michael Vincent and George Pappard going into their, their Missile Command folks. Um, oh, that's who, who yeah, because that would have been an interesting movie, right? Yeah, no, it's totally interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they have, like, obviously, <laughs> like, they're they're doing this work early in the film to, like, get you to realize that there's tension between uh, Jan and Pappard. And then all of a sudden, there's a full-on missile strike from from Russia uh, that they answer in kind, and they know that all these missiles are going to land, because they they fire their countermeasures, and it's super tense, and then...
2: And then the whole world is blown up. Yeah, everything (laughs) blows
0: up, and they just, like, jump 30 years? 10 years? I have no idea about time. I just know that scorpions are now the size of small cars, maybe go-karts. I like that.
1: (laughs) And they're coming for you. It's a MST3K kind of thing. So oh are God! Oh, yeah. If you're drinking with your friends, <laughs> I wouldn't be. If someone was like, "Hey, man, I got a laser disc of dip. Put it on." Yeah, is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, you could do worse. You could have fun watching this with some friends.
2: Yeah, I would definitely watch a riff tracks version of it. But well, I mean, that's I don't us. Think that's that I would watch it again (laughs) when i worked at movie
1: madness employee jeff dumbert who still works there oh my god there's a movie madness book that's sitting on the thing yeah i heard that and like i was looking through it and i was like ha 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 i found a picture of me trying to impress the guy who was kind of being snooty with me and he looked genuinely impressed but (laughs) zoe over there she goes oh you are all in that and i was like "Uh uh-oh there was this thread and we were all telling (laughs) stories and i was like did some of that shit end up in the book so I used to like run around naked in that place and shit. Like we were crazy back then. And so, but there's a picture of me with a Darth Vader helmet and shit. But Jeff Dumford, I was like, I love Mystery Science Theater. He was the guy that ordered the movies, and he didn't. He wasn't that. He did finally relent, but he didn't want to order the Mystery Science Theater three thousand movies because he thought that they were um, doing a disservice to hang out. He's like, "When I hang out with my friends and we watch movies, we come up with better jokes." He was just like, "I want to make the jokes with my friends." He's older and mm-hmm. was like, "I didn't like that because I want to do it." And he's like, "I know my friends." So I mean, and I was like, "I want to get invited to these parties yeah. where you and your <laughs> friends are watching these movies and doing better jokes, so I'm going to hang out with you." Uh, but yeah. Demi
0: Chinelli should definitely get a call-up for that.
1: But, I mean, the shit we were saying was, was probably funny, too, and we had fun doing I it. I had a lot it. of fun watching it. It's I it's still don't remember the plot. Movie. They drove around. They their, drove around in their battle RV. There really RV, wasn't much to it. And there, <laughs> there was another gang. There was some
0: conflict. Where they're, he, no, they're going to, I think, like, Maine or something like that because yeah, there's they're they're not trying, getting they're any radio to get... signals from there and they mm-hmm. think that there might be a colony of people that have not gotten attacked, and so they're just on their way. So the whole movie is just them on their way. Yeah,
1: it's a, a road movie, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
0: And there's two RVs to begin with, but they just
1: they. Does they it end on him. a high note? Doesn't Paul Winfield get killed? Early, yeah. Uh, Which is kind of annoying, because he's a person of color, and they it's... kill him off pretty fast. Yeah.
2: Yeah, by killer cockroaches.
1: Yep. And he's a great actor. He is a great mm-hmm. actor. It was totally
0: sucked that he got he got killed early. Yeah, and he's he was one of the fun actors in this. Like mm-hmm. George Papard plays this like snooty uptight fucking. I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: military they should have killed guy.
0: Jen Michael Vincent's seriously. like a freewheeling motorcycle guy who quit the service because America fell apart. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: and then the Dominic Sands they just find her in a casino that she's just been like. Walking around in fancy dresses in for a while, and uh, then uh, Kelly, they find him. Oh yeah, at a like a ranch house, and his parents
1: have disappeared, and so he goes on for the ride. Shit. See, I wouldn't rate this a seven. I would probably rate this <laughs> a six. I would, I would rate this a, like see me, you know, like <laughs> see me, and I'll tell you that like let's watch it with friends.
0: Yeah, this is a by yourself. Five, maybe four, uh, a weed inspired six, yeah, and a weed with friends, and friends or whatever, yeah. seven.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. I'm going to tag on to yours. Okay. Victory?
2: Uh, thumbs down. Thumbs,
1: thumbs down. down. Not Well, uh, that moves us on to you, Victory. <laughs> Fire Sale, 1977. Give <laughs> me just a little like dead air here while you uh, access my... the... <laughs> That's fine. Right. I. I so love that I have almost I no memory of... of this movie, and then when I did, I was like, "Oh shit, the basketball player the kids adopted." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take away from your glory, but like,
2: oh no, I I actually hadn't put that in here cause What? I figured it would like. <laughs> I look, I That's just the phoned, main bit. Let's hear it. Phoned it in uh, and, that, and uh, just went real bad. Don't say that. No,
1: way. you went good. It's good. <laughs> no, I like that because usually they uh, they make us look bad. <laughs> so so now you're on our level out of the field all
2: right all right so fire sale is a very zany 1977 film uh starred and directed by alan arkin about a failing family business the father plans to bail himself out with an elaborate arson plot involving his mentally ill brother-in-law and fire insurance a comedy of errors ensues after the father falls very ill following a heart attack and the brothers unwittingly foil his plans. Discuss And, <laughs> and
1: they adopt a star basketball player. It's flipping awesome. For for yeah, how much money to,
2: to bail out his marriage. Yeah. One of one of They're the brothers, happy. They they take it seriously. Happy. She, yeah, she is, she she's is killing mommy. herself.
1: She is mommy to him, and
0: she's like, yeah, I Wait, loved it. Too much. But, yeah, she's literally killing herself in one scene because he won't agree to have a child with her or to adopt yeah. a child. Cause cause I'm not shot. talking about that. I'm talking about he
1: brings home the kid, and she's like, yay.
0: Well, it was after an, an initial bit of, like...
1: But they do much. adopt the kid who's just been out in and out of foster homes, and he gets paid, too. Alan Arkin directed one right. of my favorite movies a of all 17-year-old
2: time. 17-year-old kid. Little Murders.
1: <laughs> yeah, no... Yeah, I, it's... It, I had no idea this was directed by Alan. Some of the right amount yeah. of wackiness for me. I liked it a lot. I didn't hate this movie. Um, it is. Uh, I like it because it's going crazy. It is going
0: crazy. It's all over the place. Um, I, I appreciate your quick synopsis because, like, this this movie took forever. Oh, damn. It really had the just. Adoption Took forever. Yeah, there doing was a lot going, was going
2: on, and not a whole lot related to the plot. So it was like I'm doing a synopsis of the plot. So that's, that's all really hitting dings for me, though.
1: Ding, <laughs>
2: ding. To the movie. <laughs>
0: well, and then his brother. What was he like? He. Uh, she, what was his He brother? had like some weird thing where he'd go.
1: <laughs> yeah, the anxiety. It's like well, yeah, early dad, representation of anxiety attacks.
2: The dad's abusive, and so like they're. Like, they, they're they all very, like, intimidated by him. And, and so then, like, him becoming ill, like, allows them to, like, experiment with being a little Beauty. bit more in charge. And, and then, you know, the whole thing with, like, trying to, like, revamp the store. And, you know, like, the one brother is trying to, like,
1: oh, yeah. afford
2: to have children in order to save his marriage. And the other one... Is trying to get married to this like coworker, who his dad doesn't approve of. The little Irish girl.
0: <laughs> Stay away from the little Irish girl. <laughs> Do you remember how this movie opens? No, but um, it's Alan Arkin and his wife laying in bed, and then everyone comes to his house to smash his fucking windows out because he's such a he's shit. So coach. Yes, see, it's
1: <laughs> crazy. Love it. Uh, Rob Reiner is in this. Yeah. Who uh, directed Spinal Tap and other movies people like. Did he do Home Alone? No, he did not. That's that's douchebag. That's whatever. uh, Ferris Bueller's. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, Vincent, maybe he just produced it. His name's on on it. it. (laughs) Vincent Gardenia was um, Benny Ficus. Is he their dad? Who was he in that? Uh, He was also the What's Your Pleasure? The guy from Little Murders, (laughs) whose name was like Carol. Oh, yeah. He is the dad then, yeah. Okay. Yes, Carol. You're right. Good job. Thank you. I'm looking up. Sid Caesar was in this. So funny when that when directors Rocco was like, in this.
0: hook into different people who they always want in their films, who they always cast. Sid Caesar
1: films. was kind of funny in this. And Sid Caesar was one of the people that like invented comedy on television. Sid here. Caesar's uh, the
0: brother who's damaged by World War II, right? Yes,
1: I loved that. It yeah. was funny. Uh, Sid Caesar, I don't think they were married, but they were like always together doing television stuff with Emma Jean Coco who loved cats and I post pictures of Emma Jean Coco with her <laughs> cats all the time because she was like super goofy looking and cute and fabulous she was in that Brady Bunch episode where Marsha thought that uh, she looked like her oh no she looked exactly like her when she was young and Marsha thought that she got older and looked ugly <laughs> But then, like, hung out with her, and she's this free spirit and amazing. And Jen totally turned around. And she was like, fucking love you. And if I end up looking like you, that's great. <laughs> that's you so ugly funny. son of a Gunderson or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had uh, a lot. This is another movie, like Another Man, Another Chance, a shitty title, where it was kind of a. I, it beat my expectations. I was like, it's going to be dumb, wacky. Yeah. It kind of was. It, it was also a movie I watched, and yeah. I'm watching it, and I'm like, it was I've seen pretty. this.
2: <laughs> pretty ridiculously zany but like but also like it, it was funny it was fun to watch it it's it's, on, it's
1: on my pile of 70s movies yeah I'm like Here, here's one oh yeah well
0: it, since you were you, you did our synopsis do you want to rate this first?
2: sure um I, I would give it a, a thumbs up not like an enthusiastic thumbs up but a thumbs up
0: hmm. go ahead oh okay I'm gonna give it a six cause I, I did enjoy it I thought it was fun um but this isn't something that's high on my
1: rewatch list. I'm going to give it a 7 and say, but don't take my word for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh moving on, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes 1978 is that you? That's yeah. Victory. Oh. This is the one you didn't phone in. <laughs> I went I went deep. Dan Bello or whatever.
2: <laughs> no, I mean I just I I found a couple of A couple of things that were interesting, but also, you know, don't set the expectations too high.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I thought for sure you were going to say, also, puberty love.
2: (laughs) Puberty! All right. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is a zany airplane-style spoof of B-movie horror, uh, in which mutant tomatoes engineered to kill Go on a Spree. The carnage finally stops when detectives, played by Stephen Peace and David Miller, discover the tomatoes can be controlled by a song called Puberty Love, sung by the drummer for Soundgarden. (laughs) (laughs) This this 1978... Yes, really. Really, really? (laughs) Really, really.
1: That just blew my mind. Literally. (laughs) And that's why you should listen to this podcast. We, <laughs> we blow minds. Give them deep cuts. This
2: 1978 film was directed by John DeBello for a budget of less than $100,000. <laughs> Unbelievable. Most, most of which was spent apparently on an accidental helicopter crash. $60, <gasps> oh, whoa, whoa. We were totally 60, wondering about 000. that. $60,000.
1: <laughs> that was like one of the most amazing things I've actually ever seen because I'm like, we were all three of us like, how did they film that? What? Yeah. And then yeah, we even like, got it. We were like, I think that they filmed an accident.
0: Because <laughs> it comes in hot. And it hits his tail. And then it's just like. Whoa, 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 whoa.
1: And I'm yeah. like, they know CGI. Real. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> so and then they were like, funny. well,
2: we just spent 60000 on this. Destroying this rental <laughs> helicopter, so uh, we better incorporate it into the movie.
0: Oh my God! Thank yeah, God that it was it supposed was to just
2: land and bring in reinforcements.
0: <laughs> oh, that is so fucking funny. Because when okay folks, that's amazing. When you watch this, if you haven't seen it, watch you it. You have because this scene. Just stands out so hard because they—he comes in so hard, and just the back end of that helicopter hits the ground, and, <laughs> I, and both of us—I think all of us—exclaimed like, "Holy how shit!" How could
2: that be faked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a model. Like who? How, they how would they it. learn how to like land safely after hitting the fucking <laughs> rudder, of the, like the tail of the you know, helicopter on the ground? <laughs>
1: As a kid, when we would go to the video store, like the very first, absolutely first, there were no video stores, and then poof, there's video stores, the guy would hand you a folder that you could take home with, you know, four or five, six pages of all the movies they had, and he would go around and look, and there were maybe 200 or 300 (laughs) at most movies at the time, and this video box would always catch me and my closest to my age sister's eye, because we were like, you know, seven and ten, and I think... Adults can watch this fine, but I think it's a, it's a special for 7 and Oh eight, yeah. Nine, yeah, yeah, it's,
2: it's very much like, like it, children's humor yeah. and like there's a little bit in there for grown-ups, but it's <laughs> it's
1: I understand yeah, why I liked this safe. as a kid and loved the song Puberty Love. It would make me yeah. like almost pee my pants and <laughs> laugh and I don't, don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> listening to it now it's just as soon as it would come on puberty you just start going crazy it puberty is really funny
2: though, though. I- even as an adult. Yeah, that it is funny. That song. And it got stuck in my head for days. The drummer of Soundgarden? That's the drummer so of Soundgarden. so fucking funny. When he was a teenager, he did that song. Oh, he that is so music. funny. I don't think he would have been a teen. What if he gets royalty old. checks for that
0: still. Oh, yeah, here's my royalty check for puberty love.
1: <laughs> it's oh crazy. Special place in my heart for the he was also a
2: later drummer for... For Pearl Jam as well, mm. but got, got his start with Soundgarden.
0: The my, one of my favorite scenes is sort of a dull scene in this, but it's them having like a, that the meeting in that conference room that's way too small. <laughs> that was kind of funny. It's them crawling over the table to get into. I the did chairs. I did
2: appreciate seeing like like elderly men yes. <laughs> having to yes. for the sake of the scene <laughs> climb over this table and, get and then the chairs rather silly. get
0: up to present and crawl back across the table <laughs> to like a white border oh my god i was there were a few
1: uh if memory serves uh actual you know honest to god character actors that we've seen in other movies in this movie and it's mm-hmm. kind of fun that they were professional and able to keep a straight face. I don't know how many takes they did, but it's... <laughs> Sometimes in an Airplane and movies like this, it's, it's funny to watch them deliver their lines like Robert Stack or whatever and not crack up. You right? You know, they're just... Yeah. yeah. Well, probably know. not too many takes at a budget of $40,000. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that we watched this and we don't have to watch it again. I think I liked this better when I was eight, but I would still give this a thumbs up, I guess.
2: Yeah. I think... I think I like it more in hindsight than I did actually watching it.
1: Well, you had like, seen it. You funny, had not, right? Yeah, it's funny
2: it. to think about later and, and like, remember certain scenes or whatever. And, and also just to, like, be in on the jokes, right? Like, just the, like, the, the for cultural competency. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. mm. yeah I also... it
2: wasn't especially funny funny or entertaining to like watch it was kind of a lot like some of the jokes and stuff were just kind of like oh yeah but the stuff that was funny is you know continues to be funny more funny actually like after watching the movie
1: yeah i'd agree with that it obviously looked well it wasn't a blu-ray it was a dvd but it still looked better than i had seen it because we just watched it in like the pan and scan VHS <laughs> and the, you know, the VHS tape that had been rented by other eight-year-olds in the towns that you grew up, you know, surrounding area. So, you know, it was neat to see it in its full glory. The true director's vision <laughs> 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 to really see the shitty helicopter crash. So, yeah, um, I appreciated that. I also want to not
0: do a number score for this because I want to get, just give it a thumbs up. Uh you're moving to the thumbs-up
1: camp? How what, very, very... J- just
0: for a couple <laughs> of these things, and <laughs> mostly where dangerous. it's like movies where it's like, I don't know that this rates a number score. Like, it's not... A, it, it, it's a movie. Uh, There's, and, and your 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 comment about being it being a kid's movie that's uh, really enjoyable for that age, I totally agree. I would just, have loved it's this. It's something
1: experience. that a child would, I feel, at least this child was drawn to. And I know... I would take my friends, you know, my dad would take my friends and I to the video store and we would gravitate towards this. Also, I think on the back of the box it had a listing saying, which is where I, it always makes me think of Rotten Tomatoes because um, when Rotten Tomatoes some, rates something bad, it was just, I think maybe Siskel or Ebert or both of them, it had a thing on the back of the box where one of them or another... Um, movie critic listed this as the worst movie ever made. Like that, <laughs> which is what like a lot of people say is Plan 9 from Outer Space. But seeing that was like, oh, we need to rent this. Yeah. Like, you will be shocked at how stupid this is or something. <laughs> I don't. Someone probably remembers the back of the box. <sighs> That's funny. All right. We're going oh, yeah. to move on? Uh, yes. St. Jack. Oh, what?
2: You and I didn't read it. Well, he rated he
1: it. He rated it? That's fine. What did I give it a seven? He gave it
2: a thumbs up.
1: Then gave me shit for giving him a thumbs no, up. No, no. I, I gave this a, a seven. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. And I give it a thumbs up as well.
1: Saint Jack, 1979. Now, when we were handing out our writing assignments, you were like the last two because I thought Damnation Alley, I did it wrong. But, like, you like this movie? I did like this movie. It's crazy. This is a Peter Donovan No uh, spoilers. But I don't think I liked it. <laughs> that much Go ahead uh,
0: Who's our director Change uh, my mind three, three writers on this one as well Peter Bogdanovich Howard Sackler And Paul Thoreau. Uh It stars uh, Ben Garza Who you will definitely remember As Jackie Treehorn And The Big Lebowski uh, Denim Elliott From all the Indiana Jones movies uh, And then uh, James Vilner Who I couldn't place at all But is from a bunch of British Like whodunit movies mm. Uh, So, when the Korean War ended for uh, for Jack, uh, he no longer felt that he had a place to go home to, so Jack moved to Singapore to hustle tricks and stuff, primarily for other Western tourists and expats. He works to open his own brothel, even though the local competition insists that he not. Uh, That works out until it doesn't for him, and then he receives a large subsidy from the United States government to open another brothel specifically for uh, the Vietnam War that's going on for people to have a safe place to go visit prostitutes. Um, When uh, the Vietnam War ends, the government pulls its funding and Jack once again has to switch directions. Is it finally time for him to go home? The CIA offers him a new opportunity, but Jack is... Uh, But is this a bridge too far for Jack? If nothing else, this movie gives us beautiful shots of Singapore as Jack and his friends make their way through it. And my last note on this is Jack knows absolutely everyone in this film. Mm. Every single person, child, shop owner, taxi driver. He knows them all, knows facts about their lives. He is a man who has made a point... To get to know everyone.
1: Uh, You left out the tattoos. I did leave out the tattoos. Uh, They beat him up and give him tattoos or something. I don't know. Yeah, lots of fucking
0: shitty tattoos on his arms with
1: insults. And I didn't realize about the government funding or whatever. You didn't? didn't? I didn't catch that. It's interesting. It was in there, I guess, but I don't remember it. (laughs) So
0: they gave him money. They, They... Gave him money because remember his 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 brothel gets shut down by the uh, opposing like cartels or oh shit who is the like whatever.
1: financial the, advisor yeah, the guy local competitor oh that that's the Indiana yeah. Jones guy okay but well, he wasn't didn't... there another person there too oh with those three British guys yeah did you have them in there I didn't list okay. them in there this annoying like super Ponzi or whatever the correct yeah. word is yeah
0: they're a thousand percent Tories or what British
2: cunts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: oh my god <laughs> like, it's not inaccurate no yeah though. they weren't likable They were Tory
2: awful. cunts <laughs> like very good 100% like it. okay.
0: <laughs> but it's really funny because like it, I think they do a really good job of of being like imperialist like Tories at the time who are like yeah. this is this was our land that we so graciously gave back uh, to you and now we just want to be yeah, able to live good, you cheap you and fuck and
1: racist assholes
2: Get yeah.
0: drunk and
2: like Bojo.
0: Yeah, I think a lot. Why I like this movie is because of how integrated into the community he is. Like he has made like such a strong point to get to know everyone, to to be a part of things. Um, the film shoots outside a lot, which I also really like, because um, I think those are always fun shots. Especially you know when we watch, you know obviously we watch a lot of '70s movies. Um, And these are time capsules for us, for for places, and mostly what we get to see is LA and San Francisco and New York, which is great because those are beautiful, interesting, dirty places that I I want to see in those times. Chuck Full Nuts. And this gives us Singapore, which is is, uh, also a really interesting, beautiful place that has a ton of stuff going on. and i really liked all, all the side stuff like that and of course w- the other thing that i really liked is that jack's bridge too far that i mentioned is um reporting on the uh senator going and and seeing uh hmm. a gay uh sex worker which he ultimately decides i'm not going to i'm not going to do this kind of intel work for the cia this is this is this just feels gross people come here to like be who they are and I don't want to be that shitty person who's like... I'm getting it better
1: while you're saying it and then I also I do appreciate it and there was a slight memory of being like, okay, he did the right thing. I don't know why I didn't like it that much. It's just one of those like Follow a guy around and probably cinematographically, (laughs) cinematographically, what a great word. That shows that I don't know, I don't appreciate cinematography very much. It's probably orgasmic or something. And
2: (laughs) There's a little bit of like the sort of like avatar trope in it. You know, like the white guy. Yeah you know, comes into a community and does the thing that the locals do better than the locals do and, like, you know, is just, like... Just, you know, has that kind of, like, yucky superiority thing to it. <laughs> it's, like...
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And I mean, it's,
2: like, you know, like... He could do that back home. Why is he doing it here? You know, like, none of that is, like...
0: Well, I thought they did actually go into into that prison. Why was he there? I thought he'd
1: like had
2: yeah, enough why, or something. Yeah. Why was he there and not doing that at home? Well, or because a, like...
0: after the after the Korean War, he, he specifically so felt like So he's a he, vet. Yeah. He he couldn't go home. He he basically like he had done such terrible things during that period for for the war effort that he like couldn't go home and face anyone. He, he couldn't be part of that community. He was like, I just don't fucking belong there anymore. Yeah. And so he found this import-export guy, who was willing to sponsor his visa in Singapore. And so he starts doing all this like hustling for him and hustling on that's the side. That's
2: kind of more yucky.
0: That's
1: another parallel like, to why Johnson. Why doesn't he I don't think see that's...
2: these people as peers or people that he should have to respect or face for what he's done? Oh, I think
0: he does, though. I actually I think <laughs> that like part of the reason why he wants to stay there and and do this. Is because he wants to, I mean like
2: keeping in mind we're talking about pimping. Oh, I, I totally agree. <laughs> like get we're that. not talking about he's not opening an orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's like, yeah. He's exploiting I went very back and forth very with it impoverished too. people.
0: I I totally agree with you. After
2: like, like being at war with them. Well not
0: them, but <laughs>
1: but I, I agree with I you I mean he's seen as maybe treating them better than some of the other people I don't know he interacts with them yeah I mean you to gotta them. do
2: something in the movie to make him not seem like a monster I get it well, I mean you can watch <laughs> a movie and
1: be like okay <laughs> yeah. this is an amazing movie I, I don't like this guy and I don't remember if I, I like this guy do you like this guy? I like parts of him He's but, better but than, I, like, I think he's better than the three British Tory guys. Definitely. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. And I, I think those guys are in the film to make him look like a good person. Yeah. <laughs> or just, I thought maybe
1: the director was like, I want you to see these douches. I mean, but I don't actually ever think we're them. supposed
2: to I mean, like him
0: like a, like a whole person. Like, oh, everything about you is great. Because I don't think that's what they're going yeah. for. It's it he's seems...
2: not necessarily a hero, but there there's just some yucky things no. about it that's a little bit like... Playboy magazine. Yeah. You. you know, like Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like a Playboy magazine article of like what a what a a good man would be like.
1: <laughs> it's weird. I like a lot of like black exploitation movies. What was the one we watched, Willie Dynamite or something? It mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. But it's like again, you were like, What are we talking about? We're talking about pimping. What mm-hmm. was the one was it Truck Turner where the pimp was
2: totally different. Was l- <laughs>
1: Not. It's still talking about pimping. We're talking about pimping. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's absolutely it's the same. Different. Pimping is pimping no matter what movie it is in. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I was trying to say that Nichelle Nichols, I liked her in Truck Turner and she was a pimp and she was beautiful. She was a pimp in that, yeah. Have her as a and the madam in the other movie I mm-hmm. liked too.
2: Yeah, but like the the thing about those that makes them different is they're not like an outsider coming in and doing this to people. They are people from the community That's who fine. are just surviving also. And I wasn't talking that about that like aspect talking of about it. Like, um, <clears throat> you know, like giving opportunities for there to be sympathetic portrayals of people who are just trying to survive. He's not just trying to survive. He's like on permanent vacation <laughs> like, being a fucking...
1: Agreed, kind of. owner owner.
2: <laughs> like, and, you know, the locals are like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> like, Very you know, true. They're, yeah. they're like, you know, the local competitors are like, no, this is our fucking turf. This is our business. Like, these are our people, our community. Like, did... you don't get to do this. You can work for us, and you can, like, help support our businesses but you opening your own business and doing this to us is a step too far
1: sure there's still pimping in it <laughs> yeah and i have a hard time sometimes just with pimping i understand what you're saying and that's yeah, in yeah. there as well Absolutely. although what you were saying uh about connecting it or about you know him you know not wanting to be anywhere or he couldn't go back to the states that reminded me a little bit of jeremiah johnson too how mm-hmm. he like was in the war and then one of the guys, Hatchet Jack or whatever, asked him about the war or or he's been up in the mountains so long he's like, What did I miss another war? And he's like, You didn't miss nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, I wasn't in a war unless maybe you count the people's war. But <laughs> but like I related I can I can relate to having seen or been through some shit, some struggle and wanting to like you can't go back in right. a way. So I mean I did get some of that and mm-hmm. and I liked that they touched on that. But I also was like I don't know if I like this dude, you know, yeah, and, right. and just him wandering around. I was kind of sick of it sometimes. <laughs>
2: right, right, yeah. I mean, his choices are understand. They do a good job in this film, like making his choices make sense and be understandable. It's just you know, as an audience member, it's just a little bit cringy. Yeah, you know, but I, like, I, I do think part. But of- I, I don't. I also don't think you know, like you're saying, I don't think that they're necessarily making him out to be a hero per se. No. They just...
1: We need to listen to the commentary. Yeah, I
0: don't think he's, he's supposed to be a hero at all, but I do think he's supposed to be a vessel for us to see expats in specifically, like, uh, Singapore hmm. and, and Vietnam and places like that yeah. that have been affected by U.S. or imperial incursion, you know, yeah. and and watching, like, this character who they they need to make him at least likable enough for you to uh, watch the film and and want and are interested in like what he's going to do next and why but then it goes through like you know them using the uh well it starts off with like more individual expat conversations about the like the hell is expat an expatriate so someone who has moved Okay thank is, you I'm like you've said their, that twice uh, from <laughs> their home country it. not necessarily as an immigrant but sort of as a retired playboy or something like thank that Thank you. you retired know. playboy um, I mean, but, th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, it moves on to, to, to more like uh, actual government incursion, you know, where he sets up the brothel for the U.S. government and then moves even deeper into like how, how the U.S. government would use those individuals to spy on
1: even those in power. And I liked that mm-hmm. sort of
0: view in, into it. I, I...
1: What did he say when he re- was he just like, fuck yeah. you? What did he say when he rejected them?
0: i, like, I not going to do. I don't this. think he, he, he ever said, said anything said, to them. Okay, because I remember it was kind he shows of a fuck up you. And he's across the street, yeah. and he sees him, and he like just like shakes his head, yeah, and no. he's like fucking yeah, no. Yeah, and then he checks I'm the, the camera in and, the river. hmm mm, And then okay. he just then movie over. Here's some more Singapore.
1: Yeah, you've <laughs> changed my mind in the slightest. That it is, it is a dense film. Like yeah. you know for me, Another Man, Another Chance. Again, a bad title. Um, (laughs) That there's a lot going on, and you get to see Singapore, and like, you know, I'm also, one of my takeaways is maybe I need to see this again, because you got a lot that I maybe didn't even get. (laughs) Um, I mean, like, I I think a lot was put into this movie. And it's a director that, you know, people love. He did one of the movies that defines the the genre. It's kind of like Easy Rider, that I feel like might be unwatchable. I can't even think of the name. It's not The Landlord. What's the name? And I listened to all those podcasts about his partner who worked on it and didn't get credit. Uh, Polly, uh, can't say Polly Purebred because that's underdog. Polly Platt, I think.
0: Maybe. What movie are you trying to write?
1: Yeah, go to Peter Bogdanovich while I'm speaking into this microphone, talking about this movie we watched. It's a movie.
2: Um, also, another thing that I liked about it um, that you almost never see is the sex scene with the intersex person. Oh yes. Yes. And for for any audience listeners who may not know what intersex means, it means someone who has both like biological sex traits of both male and female, or what is regarded like by mainstream. culture as male or female body parts Uh, we just go ahead and it's like it's not it's not sold as like a fetish or anything like that it's just this person is just present their body is just presented as how it is and they're just part of a sex show and nobody even remarks upon it like as if it is unusual or like a freak show kind of thing or anything like that the person is treated with you know the same amount of respect as as anybody else who's in in the the sexual acts in the sex scene
1: I like that as well, and we just finished Freaks and Geeks, which to me I think was the first TV show that even mentioned that kind of a thing.
0: So he did Last Picture Show. Paper That's Moon. the one. Last Picture show. Picture show. Paper
1: Moon too is, and then the the woman uh, who was in Bad News Bears, whatever her name was, find her name. Uh, she was like the youngest person to win an Academy Award.
0: Oh, interesting. But
1: it's Polly Platt, and like it's just one of those things that you know now finally. <laughs> The world is like, you know, half a percentage, maybe less patriarchal. And these people are getting credit, you know. So many people that like, you know, we're just wanting to 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 do, you know, something and support, you know, their partner and then didn't get credit because of the way society was but it's coming out now that she had a lot to do with the films and they also not to discredit anything about saint jack but they were like the movies that Polly pratt wasn't involved with were not as successful and (laughs) stuff like that but um he he
0: has a really funny and i just want to read this because i think he always
1: looks like a little bit like rick around oh he's in this movie a lot too oh he's a cia agent yeah he's in it
0: He's all up in this like, <laughs> thing. I expected him to do sort of uh, not Orson Welles, the uh, what's it fuck, Alfred Hitchcock sort of like walking yeah, through with my dogs. that's what dog we usually thing. get.
1: And he's just like got apart, and it just keeps coming he back. Says, like Paul Mazursky way. or something. He'll just will just be in it for a second. Okay, this he is... plays a gay prostitute in Harry and Tonto and on
0: IMDb, and I really like this just because it's weird. Uh, the, the first line of his info is Peter Bogdanovich was conceived in Europe but born in Kingston, New York. Like, what? Why do we need to know where his parents fucked? Like... <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I, want, I hope I get a line like that sometime. I'm uh... glad she's
1: getting credit now. But Yeah, no, that's awesome. That, that's. But great. I don't think she had anything to do with this movie. <laughs> but still... I don't hate it. It just there was something going on in this movie. I was just like, I'm sick of this. I don't like this. Maybe I was fidgety, maybe it was. This There's time also this just a lot of runaround in this movie which is a little bit difficult to sit through. And sometimes it can be hard if we don't like the person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, this is gonna fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I agree with you where I feel like at times maybe I liked him. I liked what you said when he was like I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, he makes some
0: morally yeah. correct choices at points.
1: And it's a, it's, the, it's a movie. It's showing you things. And I like that we can see things and make our own judgments. And, right.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So I would, I would give this a thumbs up. Now I would probably give this a seven. But it was one of those where like, eh, it's, maybe I'll watch it again. It's so funny. Like, you give it a seven. Like, eh. And I'm like, I'm giving it a seven. <laughs> if you like, you should give this an eight or a nine or a ten. What have you ever given a ten to? Uh, I know you have. Because I, yeah. I was like, what? A couple movies. Uh, I think you gave a 10 to something that I didn't even give a 10 to. Ordinary People got a 10 from me. No, not that one. There was another, That's not a shocker. Spook?
0: Spooky Step by the Door got a 10? Not that me.
1: one either. There was one that was a shocker to me. Or <laughs> was
0: like. Maybe, uh, was it... Uh, I'm going to go back
1: and listen to all Cornbread of
0: our... Earl and Me. Did I give that a 10? I may have given that one a 10. But I
1: understand that one too. But maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know, and I think we are done. Well, well... Almost, <laughs> got one more person. To no, I know. Yeah. I, I so thought so you were mine,
2: like another movie. My God! A, no, God, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, mine's mine's like a a myth. Thumbs up as well. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's well made. You know, these people know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. The acting, uh, Hank Azaria or whatever, phenomenal, I guess. I mean, he, he did it. Yeah, he's a he's really great. good actor. Even Bogdanovich. Yeah. Lots of times when directors do cameos, they're like, you're not an actor. Get out of there. And they have the sense to do it. He's fine in this. I think Every he's...
0: time Quentin Tarantino puts himself in his oh. own films, I'm like,
1: I know my wife's coffee is good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Literally anyone could deserve, could give that line better. But yeah. it's your movie,
1: so do what you want. I mean, Well, and also pff, yeah. um, problematic. Yes. Because his character, like, oh, my wife is a person of color, so I get to say the N-word all day, and it's not Hello. weird. <laughs> Even though it is, it feels weird. Here I am, a white person in a position of
0: power, lording it over you while, <laughs> while this whole situation comes down. Right, and We're,
2: I mean, there's, like, a skillion studies, like, uh, like if, if you take, like, English... Or like literature writing classes and stuff. That like critiques movies and whatnot. Like Tarantino gets gets raked over the coals for his racism and sexism and stuff like that. But it's, like somehow passed off as anti racist and anti sexist <laughs> like academics are like, What?
1: I love <laughs> tearing most tearing their movies fucking and... hair
2: out. Like this is all the fucking most problematic tropes of right. <laughs> like you know, contemporary racism and sexism, but because it's not like, um, you know, old-timey racism or sexism, people are like, Yay! Bravo! Amazing! <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and he respects these actors regardless of their race, and that's in there, too, and he has mm-hmm. a lot of...
2: Uh, there's uh, There's some people who would disagree with you on that.
1: There's a person who would disagree with that, and that's me. <laughs> I may not be a scholar, but I'm also not dry as fuck.
2: I mean, especially like his weird photo shoots with the Django actors and stuff, like having the people of color posing like all sexual and naked, and him fully clothed, looking all like. <laughs> I mean, it's not perfect. And and, his movies are Gross. fucking
1: amazing. I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. I also recognize I mean, I
2: will say that I, I I have liked his movies. When we watched I Once Upon a Time, I recognize the warts, and I but you know I acknowledge them. Bruce. Tern. They are fucked up, but they are. I mean, they are good I movies, love and it's not like.
1: Hateful Eight was a beautiful movie.
2: It's not the the one. There's certainly worse out there, right? There's it worse. Than he's just
1: making a movie. He's not going to be perfect, you know. Roller. I want him to listen to people, and sometimes he gets...
2: I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he's nowhere near perfect as far as, like, you know, like, consciousness of, you know, of oppression and stuff like that. I just, I wish that he was, like, you know, I'll try it a little bit. <laughs> like, a little harder.
0: Yeah, and I think there is He's got the resources. Like, what, people have
2: definitely told him about it. <laughs> like... Pe- pe- many, many people have had that conversation with him. And he's all like, fuck you I do what I want. I don't have to listen to you because I don't have to care.
0: Right. <laughs> Which that's, that's, I think, one of the things that it comes back to. When you see people make good movies about topics that are interesting and, and bring up a lot of questions and talking points about race, about society, about moral issues that are centered in the film... To then find these like sort of glaring holes, it it, it can be difficult because you're like, no, I really want you to be a little bit better because you are are in a lot of ways acting as a moral compass, not just f- for this film, but people are latching onto it as a larger like yeah like moralistic view in the world. Um, yeah. So from that point of view, I totally get what you're
1: saying. I've seen a lot worse. This yes. Person of color loves his films. Hat. And I think at least a small part of this is that he just doesn't do interviews very well. (laughs) And he is more than that. I mean, I didn't say it wasn't more than that. That's why I said a small part of it is in there that like, he's not that good at interviews and he gets cocky and a lot of these like rich assholes kind of, you know, it came up in one of the other things we were watching or something where it was like, Oh, I think it might have been John Huston. That's not the worst example, but it's not exactly precisely what I was thinking about. Where it's like, this person is probably a terrible sociopath or something, but like a really competent director or something. Right. You know?
0: Know all the things to do to make a good movie.
1: Yeah, and we can always do better. I'm looking forward to the next Tarantino movie. Yeah. Well, especially because I heard it might be Star Trek. Oh really? I think that's off the table, but that was like
2: Oh, that would be just too weird. <laughs> also, like I he just doesn't it. have the yeah social awareness to pull off star trek that would just be terrible i, I
1: don't know i would go see it I would, I would go, see, have a it I would go sure. see
2: it but i just it's that's a train wreck i have really enjoyed <laughs> his sort just, of like
0: oof. reimagined oof. histories and i kind of hope he can, can continue to get paid to yeah Glorious
1: bastards i'm grateful for that glorious
0: bastards is a good interesting film django
1: i'm grateful for LA,
0: that uh once upon a time in, in la is a Interesting film. I want
1: more superhero movies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I just, I just, think, I think that, I think that he could, he could do that, but do it better. Like, without the, the minstrel show character types and, and all of that kind of stuff. And the, like, um, yeah, the, like, white guy coach roles. And you know, just all, it's like all the racist tropes of like literature and movies like he unwittingly uses that and his his intention is to like you know have like an anti-racist like revenge story and all yeah that. which but, i get but it's like the way that it's construct. he hasn't done the work to undo like his internalized
1: Racism. I'm still not getting like it with total clarity.
2: To, to if you like put on Karate right. Kid,
1: I'll get it. And if you put on a John Hughes movie, I'll get it. I can see it. But this dry-ass academic shit, I'm not getting it as much. I really loved Django. Yeah. You know? I mean, whatever. Take a class and be interesting, and maybe I'll get it. We'll come back here next week, and I'll be potent. There it is. I
2: did give you a stack of books to read that yeah. would like catch you up on these things. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like it has to be
1: interesting and be able to connect with people. If not, and then that's written, your written problem. Fuck the color. tropes. Written, it's like written
2: it, by people of color. That's
1: okay. I've read books, books that were written by like. people of color <laughs> that were really dry and were unreadable. About amazing revolutionaries that did amazing interesting things and somehow they sucked all the interesting <laughs> out of it. <laughs> Because college did that to them. <laughs> I'm just saying you, you gotta be able to r- them, reach though. people. Well, I've I've read a lot of books. You
2: just assumed that they would be dry. Well they're still there. I didn't I didn't throw
1: them in the mm-hmm. trash. <laughs> well oh. It's not like I have I've had time on lockdown to read <laughs> any of these books.
2: <laughs> I mean especially the Patricia Hill Collins one that goes into like how how like the old minstrel show characters like the or otherwise known as like blackface stereotypes characters or controlling images is another phrase she uses like how those continue to show up um in american media because people don't Understand what about those characters was fucked up and how the, those characters were created, to to uphold a social hierarchical system based on race. Like people think about, like you know, the demeaning, like academia, makeup and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, blackface is bad, but it's like, well, it's important to know what about the blackface was bad. It's not just like clown makeup it's the characters that were created on purpose in those shows to like justify the horrific shit that was being done to people. And that practice continues now in Mm. the characters that are created now. And like, if we're not aware of those and how they're operating, then we can recreate them even in, like, well-meaning stories where we're intending to be anti-racist, but, like, oops, we used, like, a blackface character to, like, (laughs) tell a story. I'm not getting that in Django, uh, though.
1: And I I learned a a lot of this. I've shown you movies of this. We've all learned a lot of this together. Yeah. About step and fetch and stuff. I've taken classes. I've read books. Dozens of fucking books. It's like this person is coming across like I ain't read shit. I have read shit. That was very interesting and I'm just in learning that about new
2: shit has come to light that you might want to read yeah,
1: up. Yeah, maybe, but you have to be able to communicate to people. It was like people from the Black Panther Party were able to speak in a way that other people could, like, people in the community could get on it, and then like, you know, the Revolutionary Communist Party spoke in a way that nobody could get. Still, though, and get I'm getting them. some of that from this these academia like terms and stuff. Even the word trope, like, just explain it in a way that everyone can understand. Yeah. I feel that, and and I want to do that, and I know that uh, you know our directors can be better, and I'm I'm a hundred percent. My hand fell asleep. I'm a hundred percent.
0: All pins and needles. I'm a hundred percent
1: behind that. I want everyone to do better and to make movies that don't alienate anyone, and we were talking about um, oh. We we're not talking necessarily about transphobia, but we were, I was talking to a Star Trek guy while waiting in line to get my <laughs> my test results, and a lot of people are down on Discovery. And one of the things that we mentioned was like, oh, there's no. There was one scene where there's like, there's no straight white characters, and I was like, you know, don't let that bother you. You have relatives that you should be happy you aren't committing suicide. Like representation right. is very important, and it's. I'm 100% behind that. I just well, want. Plus, you get admiral for men. Yeah, you get emeralds <laughs> for men. Very good. <laughs> okay. I okay. hope we haven't put you to sleep or turned you off. But it's important to have these conversations, and I hope that we all have them.
0: Yeah, and we're totally. And
1: you could reach out to us, yeah. which nobody does.
0: But please do. Like we're interested to hear like your opinion on this. Um, you can contact us a number of ways. In fact, you should probably do it through our Instagram or Facebook pages,
1: which you can find by searching. I want Quentin Tarantino to contact us. It's like, I was listening to St. Jack and then suddenly (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) y'all. I am on blast at the end of your podcast. (laughs) I like that. Because it could happen. I haven't
0: seen anything about Saint I mean, Jack. None of Saint it, did talk none about of it Rare would be a list.
2: surprise to him. I mean, like no, he got he got pretty well roasted. But if he by, was interested by, in, like, black academics, like, really took him to task on that movie, so mm. <laughs> he would not be surprised by this at all. Right? Yeah. He,
1: no, I didn't. I don't think so. Maybe he might be surprised that it was at, in a Saint Jack, <laughs> <laughs> you know, review. Saint Jack. Uh. <laughs>
0: I can't get away from it, and you
1: won't. Okay, so we're like, do we like this guy or not? Why is he called Saint Jack? I
0: think he's called Saint Jack specifically because like he knows everyone. No, because people come so. there to get a thing, and he gets that thing for them. That, and that makes a, him saintly. No, it's but the saints are only it's saints like to the eyes of.
2: I think it's maybe like an ironic. Oh, totally. Thing. Oh, like he's not really. He's not saintly. Not not. No, and he's not. not he's yet, not, yet, he's so. not supposed
0: to be saintly, but he's he's. But saints do things for people in the spaces that they want them done, right? Like, that's how the history of saints is. It's not like they were great to everybody and everyone appreciated them, you know. Running the snakes out of Ireland wasn't fantastic for a, a lot of people.
1: Um, yeah. Here's a fun thing. When talking about, like, titles, it was like, I, I, I don't think I like this title, St. Jack. Yeah. And then I don't think, I, I said very much, I don't like another man. Another chance. I don't like that. And no deposit, no return. I don't like it's that. Terrible. Even fire sale. <laughs> I guess I kind of like that because they there was some arson. They wanted to get the insurance oh, yeah. money. Well, and and there, I think there is an so. It's funny fire that fire probably fire the they worst do movie
2: have a fire sale at the end.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, but I think it's a tie title. for a, well, Attack of Killer Tomatoes. I think the yeah. worst movie that we probably rated as far as IMDb <laughs> rating scores has the best title. Yeah. It is the attack of the Killer Tomatoes. They are there on dollies being wheeled around. wheeled
0: around towards you.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you like the title, St. Jack? Uh,
0: I don't. I do like the the title Damnation Alley. I think it basically gives you exactly what you're going to get. Okay, that would win your title
1: contest, Damnation Alley.
0: Which is funny because uh, Another Man, Another Chance... Is sort of literal about one portion of the movie from a very specific perspective.
1: But there's good. But there's you know, so much more going on in the, Genevieve, in the film. I like. And and absolutely, and Susan she is the star of that film. Genevieve. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Well, there's two storylines, but yeah. Yeah, but she is the world that both of them collide with. I would agree right? that it's the least. Oh, you're. I think you're right. Yeah, but I, even if there wasn't that. It's still at least half. But Patreon, and it's called Another Man, Another Chance. Yeah, exactly. But Patreon, it's like X Men
0: guides guides the perspective of the movie from like oh, like this like really interesting, brave person that takes on this thing with with their partner. It's like
1: I like that. Show me how to be a photographer. She's
0: along for the ride. She doesn't know shit, and oh, now she needs a man for rides to go see her daughter and whatever.
1: She's there. Now we watched the original footage of um, Genevieve being Captain Janeway, and Victory agreed that it was a bad choice. <laughs> That's from the pilot yeah. perspective. It takes a while to just, get your character, but you liked her in that movie, though.
2: She's just not very dramatic. She's what? just very. She's very subtle. Like mm. she doesn't. She doesn't convey the gravity or excitement. That is that's happening in the scenes in the that you know for the Star Trek pilot. It's so just like, I mean, she could be talking about the chores that need to get done, <laughs> like just as easily as this. Like, we're about to get blown up, and like do these things to prevent that. And <laughs> it's like,
0: right, it's funny because you might
2: actually you might emote a little differently. In the, but but that's also her style. She's and good here.
1: We're going to see her in coma, and then quieter, we'll talk. <laughs> it
2: works for quieter films. Like, I think we're going like to do... The, the Western that she was in. Like yeah. her acting style worked very well for that. Well, it just I mean, doesn't work very well for Star Trek.
1: When we watch her in other movies, we've seen her in that movie Obsession, which I feel like I have no memory of, except that she was Do you remember Obsession? It. Do you remember enough to be like what what it was about?
0: Wasn't Obsession the one where... She, She's like in it. ...mental health stuff in the country? Yeah.
1: That wasn't the one with where the, she with the five steps or like, you know, these are the steps of how to make a decision. Remember? And it was Ned Beatty? Oh, no. It no, wasn't it, that one? No, it wasn't that one. I think that was the cancer one where she wanted no, an agency of how to die from cancer, you know, yeah. the way she wanted to die or something. It's a different movie. <laughs> Good movie. I think we were well, I think time. we're gonna do a full, um, you know, a full treatment of Coma, and she's in that too. So mm. we'll continue. I think she has the cutest nose. But it's but We'll continue to have a talk. I about. think
0: she would be. She would make an excellent leader because she she carries herself in like a compassionate coaching manner.
1: Yeah, she's but great that's in not, this.
0: That's not necessarily the on film, like like leader that you want because yeah. you need that person to command the space differently. Be less collaborative, or...
2: It's still a it bad just, title. It depends on the... Terrible title. The of <laughs> the film. Vindication, thank you.
1: Yeah. yeah. None of you probably like the title anyway. Uh,
0: last, last way to get a hold of us is at, on Twitter, and you can find us at a decade under the You one. did Instagram and
1: one. Facebook?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you can go onto those platforms and search for decade under the influence. Um, this is what we call housekeeping. Yeah, that's we'll a technical term uh you know yeah for, please interact with us and you know lots of times and you may have noticed this dear listeners that when we have discussion that is from outside of our podcast that people have engaged with us on that often comes into our podcast and we'd love to integrate your thoughts uh about what's going yeah. on into it.
1: we've even had people that listen that became guests on the show it's true if jason ever comes to visit uh he can be a guest on the show once he gets his whole Come COVID visit me situation. Jason. No, yeah. Sorry. I think that's <laughs> No, I know. I'm just poking. No, no. I mean, I think it's it's been a while. Yeah. Maybe Hopefully not, he's though. doing great. Yeah, cuz did he have it in th- cuz it wasn't Christmas. It might have been Thanksgiving. I don't know. Mm. we have to end this, we just keep going on. We just keep on. going.
0: Uh thanks everybody and we'll we'll leave it there. Uh see you soon.
1: Ugh.